The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? I know it might seem like vulnerability is something that comes easy to me. But it's not. It's not. (laughs) This is going to be the most vulnerable episode that I've ever done on the podcast. It's not one that I ever thought that I would do, and yet here I am, talking about the status of my marriage with Evan. I'm recording this from my closet floor in my home that currently has a for sale sign outside. And I can't believe that I'm here. You know, Brene Brown says we don't get into the vulnerability ring, right? Imagine that like this is like a boxing match with people who aren't willing to be as vulnerable as we are. And so I'm just going to ask my community and any listeners to listen to this podcast with an open mind and an open heart and to reserve judgment. And it's kind of sad that I've had to say that before I've talked to anybody and everybody about this, because the amount of, I told you so, or I knew that was going to happen that have come my way is honestly jarring to me because it just speaks volumes to our collective ego. And I'm going to talk about mine. I'm going to talk about my ego, (laughs) probably first and foremost on this podcast. But Brene also talks about how vulnerability is, is our superpower and about how avoiding our triggers isn't healing and that how healing really happens when we are triggered and when we are in the mud when we're able to move through the pain, right? When we're able to sit with the pain, when we're able to notice the patterns, when we're able to accept our part, when we're able to own all of our story, even the challenging, messy, chaotic, hard parts of it. And we get to take that, we get to walk our way to a different ending or a new beginning. And that's what I intend to do here today. So I want to start with the ego piece. I first want to talk about the fact that like, I am someone who has had a wild and chaotic, very turbulent life. And at the same time, a very beautiful one. And so even though this feels really chaotic and turbulent, it's also been really beautiful. 
the duality exists. And I'm not an influencer or a podcast host that just pretends that everything's okay when it's not. I'm someone who always speaks the truth, their truth. I'm always someone who is willing to show the darkness because in that darkness comes beauty. It just does. Then that's not some like esoteric (sighs) hippy dippy bullshit. I really do believe that I incarnated onto this planet to learn the power of alchemy, how to turn shit into gold. (laughs) And we only do that by owning our shit, right? And so I want to preface this by saying that obviously there are two people that are involved in this situation. I also want to preface this by saying that Evan is not a bad man. He is not a sick man. He is just a human being who has his own stuff. And I'm actually not even going to disclose much of anything about his part in this because it's not actually relevant. And even though part of me wants to do that so that way people pick my side, right? My ego, right there, ego comes forward and goes, let it all rip. You're angry. You're pissed. You're mad. Let it go. I know that that's not the solution. This is my work, my stuff to unpack. So let's go all the way back. As you guys know, I always say life is a mirror for us. It's constantly bringing in opportunities for growth and that our limiting subconscious belief systems and our personal pain that usually stems back from early childhood will come forward. And it very much so has. And as I've had the last four months to reflect on how I got here as a legally separated woman that will Uh, That story time is coming up (laughs) Um, because it was a shock to me and not what I was expecting. But yet here I am. You know, I can see now just so clearly how this is just an opportunity for me to do deeper healing on my inner child. So as many of you guys know, I've, I've spent a third of my life with Evan. We started dating when I was very young, newly sober. We got married when I was 20 years old, had our first daughter at 21. And my parents were not the greatest examples of of healthy marriage, right? My dad's been married and divorced over five times. I don't even know how many times at this point because he's lied about several of them. But I know it's been at least five. And my mom has been married and divorced three times. And so For me, instead of actually like healing that and learning how to be in a healthy relationship, which I will say for the most part, Evan and my relationship was very healthy. And I also want to say that the open marriage, I have no regrets. And people are going to hear that and go, what? (laughs) How do you have no regrets? 
Because that just was the catalyst that illuminated so much stuff that I was not even privy to. If you would have asked me in May of last year, if I had the healthiest, happiest marriage in the world, I would have said yes. If you ask Alexis sitting here on my floor of my closet, (laughs) if in May I had the happiest, healthiest marriage, I would say no. And that's not to say that we had a bad marriage. It's just to say that there was so much that I wasn't awake and privy to. And the open marriage and the massive uh, collapse, the big blow up moment that happened in December that led to this, or in part, I would say, cracked open that facade and illuminated all of this other stuff, you know, has shown me that. And so I remember sitting on the beach right before we got married. And I was so scared. I honestly was. I was 20 years old. I didn't know myself, but I knew that I loved him and that I wanted him to be in the States with me. Evan's Canadian. He had lost his visa and and I wanted him to come back. And, and I was willing to take the risk and I'm so glad that I did. I have no regrets on that whatsoever. And I remember sitting on the beach and I said, you know, no matter what, we're not getting divorced. No matter what, I will work through anything with you, anything. And he said, I agree, me too. And that really was my intention. What's so interesting is that it was my intention because it was coming from a place of fear that I would end up like my parents, right? And so what happens when we're operating out of a state of fear is that the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, your subconscious mind, the mind that you're creating your reality with eventually goes, oh no, we need to deal with this, right? And so instead of processing the pain of my parents' divorce and their multiple marriages and the instability that that created for me as a child, my ego came in and goes, I'm going to protect you. And, and we're just going to like say, no matter what, this is the way that it's going to be. And the ego was so present. I remember even a year ago being like, wow, babe, you know, my parents' longest marriage was 10 years. My mom's longest marriage was 10 years. My dad, I don't think has ever been married for longer than like six or seven years. But I remember feeling so like high and mighty about the fact that we are going to surpass it. And what's so interesting is that it is April, the month of our anniversary, when we would have been 10 years married. And here we are on the track towards divorce. Isn't that some shit? 
soft, cozy, and sustainable, three words I usually don't use when describing my underwear. But that all changed when I tried Parade. Parade makes sustainable, creative basics so soft and comfortable that you can't wait to put them on. This company launched only two and a half years ago with a mission to make underwear more accessible, inclusive, and self-expressive. Since then, they've sold over two million pairs. When I tell you guys that I love their underwear and bralettes, I am not messing around. They are so stinking comfortable. From extra small to triple extra large, Parade's inclusive sizing means you will have zero trouble finding that perfect bralette or pair of underwear. Did I mention that they're all about sustainability? Parade crafts their signature styles with super soft certified recycled yarns. Plus, all of their products come in biodegradable packaging. And for every Parade purchase that you make, they give back to organizations that support reproductive rights, racial equity, and LGBT plus communities. As you guys know, that's something that's really near and dear to my heart. Upgrade your top drawer with an exclusive 20% off parade. Go to yourparade.com slash reality and use code reality to get 20% off. That's yourparade.com slash reality. What would you do if you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt? Would you move to a new city or start a family? Through Upstart, you can pay off your existing debt quickly with a personal loan so you can tackle your next big financial goal. For many people, getting financially healthy means dropping the weight of credit card debt, but where do you start when it feels like a never-ending cycle? Upstart can help you pay off your existing debt quickly and easily with a personal loan so you can start living your life. If you have multiple credit card balances each month and are only paying the minimums, barely making a dent in your credit card debt, it can be discouraging. Upstart can help you pay off your existing debt quickly so you can feel like you're finally getting ahead. Whether it's paying off those cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows that you're more than a credit score, so rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in just five minutes for loans between one and $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash reality. That's upstart.com slash reality. Don't forget to use our URL and let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com Hi guys, welcome to Digging Deep. I'm Dr. Sasha Shokrin, the relational doctor, but more importantly, a human just like you with a story that continues to unfold. Each of our lives is compiled of stories, and my job is to help you detangle those stories. As a psychologist, I'm here to tell you that growth is never linear and that life is full of highs, lows, and everything that exists in between. My plan is to dig deeper into the stories that will inspire us move us and remind us that we're never really alone. Don't miss a new episode of Digging Deep every Monday, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And so as I'm reflecting and looking at these like patterns, I'm going, wow, so much of this is present. So much of this is here because I never healed it. And I didn't even know that there had been healing that needed to be done 
prior to this happening. And so I'm going to share with you guys my biggest takeaways and the work that I need to do and my part in this. And I'm not really going to share Evans because it's not my job and because it's not my right, right? You know, I I, I dove back into Al-Anon when this all started happening. And I remember I would call my sponsor and I would, I was livid. <laughs> These were not my finest moments, right? And I would be like, he's this and he's doing that and he's da 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 And she's like, okay, yeah, and what's your part? Don't you love sponsors? <laughs> or an honest friend or a therapist that just goes, yeah, and, but what's, what's your part? What's your part? What's your part? And I realized that, you know, that saying is true of, of resentment is just drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. And there was this moment for me where, I mean, there's been several of these moments, but there was this big moment for me a couple of months ago where I was just in the depths of despair. This has been the most painful thing that I've ever gone through emotionally. This is harder than anything I could have ever imagined. And I remember sitting on my bedroom floor in fetal position, rocking back and forth, hyperventilating, crying, snot dripping, tears flowing, sweating, curled up into a ball and just in this state of absolute despair and a very clear voice came forward and said, it's time to surrender. And I really had this, like in the 12-step programs, we, we call it a third step, but this moment where I knew that the only thing that I could do was say a third step prayer, right? God, universe, have it all, have it all. I don't know what your plan is here. I don't know what your plan is here, but take it. Have my children, my life, my destiny. It was this moment, and it's so scary to do that, right? Because we have this belief that if we're somehow in control, everything's okay. And this has been the greatest lesson that that is absolutely not true. And the more that I tried to control it, and the more that I tried to hang on, the worse it got. And I had this moment where I just let it, I just surrendered it all. And as I began to calm down, another voice came forward and it said, this is an opportunity to walk hand in hand with love, to love him, to send him peace, to send him healing and to do it differently than your parents did. And I was like, yes that's my choice. And I certainly have not been perfect in that. But it would have been easy for me to be angry and bitter. You know, I mean, talk about airing out my part and my dirty laundry. When that event happened in December, I left that night and I called a mutual friend of ours and, you know, this is one of the things that 
really caused a, a sever in our marriage. I mean, that big thing was, <laughs> you know, broke it all open, but this certainly didn't help. And I called a mutual friend and I said, I'm leaving Evan. I'm leaving Evan. I'm not going to let him know. I'm going to stay until April to our 10 year wedding anniversary. So that way I know for sure that I'm taking care of financially. And, and part of this was, I just, it was what had happened. I just, I was like, I don't even know who he is. Like, I don't even know. Like it was so bad. Right. And so I said, you know, I had had this whole plan and, you know, again, when these things happen, again, we go into this place, this need for control rather than this state of surrender. And so I went into control mode, right? I'm going to control this. I'm going to make sure I'm taking care of, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I, 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 and man, did that blow up in my face. (laughs) It really fucking did because that person eventually alerted Evan, um, to my plan. And what had happened was I'd called them freaked out a couple of days later, the dust settles and I say, Evan, okay. And this was the truth. I was like, you know, things have calmed down. I want to go to therapy. I'm committed to working on our marriage for the next six months. I'm going to go to Al-Anon. I want you to work this other program. If you're open to it, I want to go to therapy. I want to do all of these things. And he was like, sure, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, obviously things were like contentious and heated and both of us were scared and and fearful. And then this person called him a few days later and uh, alerted him to like this plan that I had said that I was going to do. Not knowing that, you know, I had since had a uh, change in... <laughs> in in heart and that just really created so much more pain for for us for both of us and so you know more of these things began to happen on his side and on mine and it brought me to to that point of complete desperation you know, where I, I was just on my floor. I, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. Evan and I went to a few therapy sessions and it didn't go well. And he basically came to the conclusion that at this time he is not willing to go to therapy or work on it. And that just gutted me you know, and, and still I wasn't planning on leaving the things that were illuminated in those therapy sessions for me, I felt were really healthy and helpful. Uh, and I don't think that Evan had the same experience. And so I still wasn't planning on leaving But Evan and I had a really tough conversation where I basically, you know, he had asked, 
if I were to propose to you again today, would you say yes? And I said no. That at this time, I, I couldn't commit to that. And I can't say why he wasn't understanding of that. I, I know that that's hard to hear, but given what had happened, I mean, I felt like it was unfair to expect that of me. And he basically said, well, then I think we should separate. And, you know, I was really against the separation, um, but he was adamant about it. And one day I came home and he told me he was planning on filing for legal separation. And I think I'm still in shock. That was several weeks ago. But sure enough, I came home to basically being served a legal letter that he was planning on legally separating from me. And so here we are, selling our house (laughs) and moving apart. You know, again, I, I... I don't really feel comfortable talking about what I think Evan's wrongdoings were or about Evan's wrongdoings simply because one, we have children together and two, I think it's disrespectful. But I will say that, and I touched on this in the last episode that I think that there's been this dynamic that's present in our relationship on both sides. Right. And it's why we attracted each other in part, you know, growing up, Evan in a lot of ways was like a caretaker for his mom. He had to be because she really struggled with her mental health. And he's, he's shared about this on the podcast, going and, and taking the bus to go visit her in mental institutions as young as like eight or nine years old on his own, right? And about the trauma that he's gone through. He's shared about this in depth in his book. And I think part of the reason why we ended up together was because he felt like he needed to take care of me. And I relied on him to take care of me. I can clearly see the ways in which I made Evan my God, my higher power. You know, when I got sober, I was so young and Evan felt like safety and security. And I can see how my need, and and there's a, a certain part of this that that is of course normal in relationships, right? Like we need each other. We heal together. Community is important. It's important to have a partner that you can rely on. But there was definitely an unhealthy dynamic going on where I was relying on Evan far too much for my inner peace and and security. And I can imagine how that could have been a burden. And at the same time, one of the things that he's said since all of this has happened is that, especially in the last couple of years, he doesn't feel like I appreciate him. 
And what's so interesting about that is I'm sitting there and I'm going, what do you mean? <laughs> like, how, like, how is that possible that you feel like I don't appreciate you? You know, and I can like list off all of the, the ways that I felt like I showed him appreciation. And I'm not saying that he's wrong because I think that both of these things can be true. But really, when I started to to really heal and step into my power several years ago, I think that me needing him less and becoming more independent and more secure in who I am made him in a weird way feel less important. And these things are so complex and they're so nuanced and they're not at all black and white, but I feel like that was a dynamic that was really unhealthy that neither of us were aware of. There has been plenty of hurt on, on both sides. But I guess the question that I had to answer for myself was how long are you willing to wait for him to choose you, Alexis? Like how long are you going to sit around and hope <laughs> that he wants to go to therapy, that he wants to work on it? You know, how long are you going to wait for him to heal? How long are you going to wait around? And when I thought about that, I came to terms with the separation and realized that like the best thing for both of us is to separate and to heal individually. If you guys watch my Instagram stories, then you know how obsessed I am with Rothy's white sneakers. They are my new favorite white sneakers. So cute and more importantly, extremely comfortable. Rothy's could be your new everyday shoe obsession. Rothy's shoes give you the right out of the box comfort, come in amazing styles and colorways, and you can wash them. Yep, wash them. It's easy to see why millions of women wear Rothy's shoes every single day. You may have heard of the point and the flat from Rothy's, but they also make insanely comfortable sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. And the best part is that everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet. They've repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature threads that go into every single one of their products. You guys, these shoes are so comfortable. I cannot rave about them enough. And not only that, they are so cute. You can set up your shoes and accessories this spring and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus, you can get 20% off your first purchase at rothys.com slash reality. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash reality. You know, Evan's been one of my greatest teachers, my best friend. He and I have built a wonderful and beautiful life together. And I have to say, I'm really proud of us for 
making this as amicable as possible. You know, to this day, our kids haven't seen us fight. You know, they've seen me cry, but they haven't seen us fight. And, you know, again, going back to my own personal journey, I had so much come forward in the last couple of months about my own mom and about her journey of single motherhood. And again, I said I would never be a single mom and that, you know, I would never follow the same path that she did and I would never make the same mistakes. And now here I am literally being forced onto that same path. The difference is that I get to make different choices. And that doesn't make me better than her at all, right? Like I can clearly see how my mom really did the best she could with the tools that she had. And I am so grateful that I have the tools that I have today to walk through this. I really am. That's not to say that I'm not scared, you know. God, being a single mom at 30 years old with two daughters, which I'm going to pretty much have full custody of, is a really scary thing. And isn't it interesting that my mom was also a single mom of two daughters? It's like, I literally feel like I was born to heal her and my grandmother and my grandmother before that and, you know, the family lineage. Like, I'm having to walk through these same things, but do them consciously and differently. So that way I can like heal the family line. Wow. It's a huge responsibility. And again, this is all coming from a place of like humility, not to say that I'm better or that I'm going to be better or whatever it might be because it's, you know, the universe goes, well, will you? <laughs> and then gives you like a pile of shit to work through once again. But it's to say that like, I get to do it differently. You know, I get to love my children's father even when I'm so angry at him. I get to you know, never talk badly about him in front of the girls. I get to put them in therapy immediately. I get to be in therapy myself. I get to work an Al-Anon program. I get to work the 12 steps. I get to do it differently. You know, and part of me is like really scared that I'm still going to fuck him up. <laughs> you know? But, you know, fear is just false evidence appearing real. And when I actually look at the evidence and the clear picture of my life, it's that I've been prepared for this moment. That this is an opportunity for me to grow and to stand on my own two feet and to stretch out my, you know, wings and, and take off. 
and to really just trust in God's plan for my life. And I'm so sure that we're all going to be okay, even if it's messy and chaotic. The messiness and the chaos doesn't mean that there's something inherently wrong. That's one of the biggest takeaways, right? I get to move away from our culture's programming around good versus evil or right versus wrong. None of this is black or white. All of this gets to exist. And when we stop labeling it as one thing or another, we get to find peace, humility, love. We get to soften in the free fall of life instead of fighting against it. And we get to allow it to transform us into a different version and into who we were meant to be. So what's next? Evan and I are now legally separated. We've sold our home. We are moving. And... I'm committed to continuing to heal and to continue to talk about this journey with you guys and to share and to explore. And it's so nice knowing that I'm not alone. I reached out to Sarah Landry from the Birds Papaya. She's been on this podcast twice. I'm sure many of you listen to the Papaya podcast and And I was like, Sarah, how did you do this? She was also a young single mom. I said, how did you do this? You know, I got to reach out for help and she, she welcomed me in a warm embrace and said, you don't have to do it alone and it's going to be okay. You know, the only way through it (laughs) is to walk through it you know there's there's other options you can you know run and try to escape but I know that that's not solution that's not recovering from reality that is escaping reality and I don't have the luxury of that I saw this post on Instagram and it really spoke to me. And so I figured I'd share it here and hope that it resonates with you guys. Um, I follow this amazing woman. Her name is Nedra. Uh, I hope I'm going to say this right. Tawab, T-A-W-W-A-B. I follow her on Instagram. Love all of her posts. But she says, a little secret from a therapist, always having to be right is a sign of insecurity. Being seen as less than perfect or ignorant is one of the biggest fears of someone highly concerned about how others perceive them. You can improve your self-esteem by acknowledging what you don't know. Here's the affirmation. I can learn what I don't know, but I am unwilling to learn if I know everything. I love that. 
there have been so many times in the last four months where my ego has wanted to scream, I'm right, you're wrong. And one thing I know for certain is that in those moments, that is a scared little part of me that's trying to feel safe again. This isn't about right or wrong. It just is what it is. My marriage ending and going through this transition. How would I put this? I don't see this as a failure. It's not. Our relationship is evolving into something great. It's different, but it will be great because both of us are committed to making it so. So going back to that affirmation, because I need to hear it, (laughs) I'll leave you with this. Usually I record these affirmations separately and add them in at the end. But this week's affirmation is, I can learn what I don't know, but I am unwilling to learn if I know everything. Being in a state of humility allows me to grow. And so it is. I love you all. And until next week, have a good week. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, follow along with us, leave a review. It means so much to me. There are new episodes of Recovering From Reality every Monday, and you can follow me on social at Recovering From Reality or visit my website, recoveringfromreality.com. 